Amen. How many of you ready to get into God's word? All right. Then turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew, chapter 16. I know God is moving in this place. Matthew 16, verse 21. The Bible says this. It says, Jesus began to inform his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem. This is the days leading up to his crucifixion. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be brought back to life. Peter objected to this and said, Heaven forbid, Lord. Isn't that a weird statement? Heaven forbid, Lord. Think about that for a second. You'll think it's strange as well. He says, this must never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get out of my way, Satan. You are tempting me to sin. You aren't thinking the way God thinks, but the way humans think. I titled this message this morning, Get Out the Way. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, get out the way. <laughs> Let's pray this morning before we get into trouble. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word that you're about to bring to us this morning, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to not fall on deaf ears, but to fall on ready soil. Hearts that have been prepared for your word, that they would take that those seeds would take root in these lives and that they would apply it and we would see the bearing of fruit. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, the church says, amen, amen. Get out the way. Why did Jesus respond the way he did to Peter? Well, because Peter was hindering the job from getting done. See, Jesus knew what his assignment was. He knew that he was sent by the Father to, to perform this specific task for you and I. The shedding of his own life for our iniquities is what Jesus came to earth to do. And so when Peter says, heaven forbid, Lord, don't do this. This cannot be your future. I will not allow you to go to the cross. Was Peter wrong in doing this? I asked that question. Because if you look at it, if you think about it, Peter was just caring about Jesus, wasn't he? Yes, can we agree on that? He didn't want Jesus to die on a cross. Just like you wouldn't want any of your loved ones to. And so Peter, sincerely, I'm sure, told Jesus these words, Lord, this cannot be your future. I'm not going to let it happen. And you could even tell that this was sincere because what happened when they came to get Jesus? Peter cut off the ear, right? Didn't he cut off the ear of that man who was going to arrest Jesus? He was sincere about it. Lord, I'm not going to let this happen. See, but what Peter didn't really understand was that he was getting in the way of the move of, in the move of God. He was getting in the way of God moving for you and I, for him, Peter. 
He was getting in the way of, of what God wanted to do. And I tell you right now, God does not want us to get in the way of him moving. This is the word for you and I this morning. God is calling you and I to get out the way. What do we need to get out the way for God to move in our lives? We're going to get into that in a little bit. See, what Jesus was actually saying to Peter was that he was saying, look, Peter, I understand that you care for me, but I understand that the enemy does not want this to happen. So the enemy has planted seeds in your mind thinking that this is a bad thing and that it is your job, Peter, to stop this. You see where I'm going with this? Peter cared for Jesus, but the enemy planted these lies in his head that it was his job to stop what God put in motion. Isn't that interesting? Think about that for a few. And you could begin to understand how we can get in the way of God's moving without even knowing. We don't even know we're doing it. And this is the dangerous part of it, church. Is that you may not even see that what you're doing is coming against the move of God. And you think you're doing what is right. And this is where God seeks to bring you and I into a place of understanding into a place of moving when he says to move, into a place of submitting under his authority. This is what God is calling you and I to do. And you can see, you can see how important that is in our lives. See, Peter had his own selfish plans for Jesus, and it caused him to be blinded to God's much bigger, better plan of salvation. Can you imagine if Jesus didn't rebuke him for saying that and Peter just went on with what he thought was the right thing to do? And he stopped the crucifixion. And we have no salvation. But how many know that God's plan is going to go regardless? Amen. God's plan is going to move regardless of what we do or don't do. And I'll get into that a little later as well. See, we do these same things when we choose our own selfish ways and plans for our friendships, for our marriages, for our careers, for our families, for our education. When we choose our own way. And God says, no, it's important for you to get out the way. And to go my way. See, the interesting thing about God's kingdom is that it is God's, not ours. That's why it's called God's kingdom. That's why the Bible refers to it as such. It is not yours or mine to decide what is best and what is not a good fit. 
God says, it is my kingdom. Do you understand that? It is my kingdom. It is mine to say. It is mine to, to change if I want to change things. It is your job to come under my authority. Why? Because the Bible says this. Because the Bible says his ways are very different than our ways. I know each and every one of us, if we, can, if we can answer this honestly, or if we could think about this and be honest with ourselves, that our ways get us into trouble. I know it to be true. Because I'm human just like you. My ways get me into trouble. Doing things the way I want to do them leaves me in a world of hurt and regret. And so God says it's imperative that you do things my way. So what are, the, some, what are some of the things this morning that you and I may allow to get in the way of God moving in our lives? Number one, you're going to like this one very much, is our attitudes. How many in here are guilty of having a bad attitude from time to time? The rest of you, you're liars. You better repent before you leave this place. Because I want to see you in heaven. <laughs> I'm guilty of it. <laughs> I'll be the first to say that I am guilty of having bad attitudes. I'll be the first to say that many times my attitude does not line up with how God wants me to act or behave. I have no problem saying that. Not one bit. It actually helps me to put things into perspective that God is perfect and that I need, I need a Savior. I need a Savior, just like you. We need a Savior this morning. You needed saving from what? From what? If you were doing everything right, what did you need saving from? You were doing, every, you were doing everything wrong, right? Because you were doing things your way. I was doing things my way. And I found myself needing a savior. Our attitude can get in the way of God moving in our lives. In the book of Acts chapter 11, the Bible talks about when the Holy Spirit fell upon even the Gentiles, the Bible says, making the religious leaders of that time very angry because they looked at these Gentiles as unclean and unworthy. Paul says these words in Acts chapter 11, verse 17. He says this, he says, Since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? Did you hear that? Paul says, if God has allowed what others may deem as unclean and unworthy, if he calls it holy, then who am I to say otherwise? Are you following me this morning? Do you get what I'm saying here? Paul knew that he had to get out of the way. Paul knew that he had to set his feelings 
aside, how many of you are guilty of, of, of living off of your feelings? Oh, man. Making decisions based upon your feelings is going to lead you to a lot of bad decisions in your life. Paul says, I had to let go of my feelings and I had to let God do his thing. I had to let God be God. Think about that for a little bit. I had to let God I had to give him his rightful place in calling the shots, in saying what is right and what is wrong, in saying what is unclean and what is clean. When everyone else were talking about these Gentiles and talking smack about them, what gives them the right? They're not, even, they're not even clean. How come the Holy Spirit is upon their lives? And Paul learned, I need to get out of the way. I need to get out of the way. Because God has now called the unclean clean. God has now, God has now given these the same opportunity that we have, he has given it to them, so I need a step out of the way. For who am I to tell God what he can and can't do? Isn't that funny when we think we can tell God what he can and can't do? I'm sure God laughs. Maybe there's a time in our lives when we don't agree with how God operates. Mm. And we handle things our way. Many times based upon feelings without first taking it to God. It's my way or the highway. Remember that saying? We don't, we don't use that with God. I'm sure you and I have learned over the years that we don't say that to God. My way or the highway, see, what God says is that if you only want your way, you're going to miss out on the most high way. Mm. Hashtag Pastor Dan. That was my own. Thank you. You're going to miss out on the best way. You're going to miss out if you want to do it your way. And this is what you and I have sadly come to find out in our lives. And this is what God seeks to spare us from, church. To spare you and I from finding this out in your life, that your way was not the best way, that you should have chose God's way. You should have chose the Most High's way. Don't allow your feelings or your attitudes to get in the way of what God seeks to do in your life. Sometimes we try to do things that only God can do. We try to be someone to others that only God can be. 
We can even expect from others what only God can give us. Hmm. We need to understand that God is the only one who is at all places, who knows all things, and who knows us greater than anyone else. He knows the precise growth taking place in your life at this moment right now. And he knows what it's going to take to get you there. His way of working things out is far greater and better than ours. Why? Because his timing is the best. God's timing is always right on time. Speaking of timing, I'm sure some of you are going to be watching football this afternoon after church. Hopefully you're not watching it during church. I know you are, that are here are not doing that, but you that are at home watching it online, turn off the football game, amen, and focus on what God is calling you to do this morning, amen. I'm speaking to someone this morning, I know it, because the game began at 10 o'clock. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't stay home to watch football. Oh, no. Oh, no. But you'll be watching football later on, and maybe your team's going to be playing, and it's gonna, they're going to be on that five-yard line. Or maybe they're going to be kicking that field goal to win the game. And right at that moment, your kid or maybe your grandkid is going to walk right in front of the TV at that moment. What are you going to tell them? Get out the way, right? <laughs> Get out the way. Hopefully you only keep it PG like that. <laughs> Remember, you're, you're, you're a Christ follower. <laughs> but I believe that God uses that same urgency. He uses that same urgency when he calls you and I to get out the way. I believe God calls to us and says, hey, get out the way. I'm about to bless your life. Get your attitude and your feelings out the way because you don't want to rob me of blessing you. Did you know that? We can rob God of blessing our lives what does that mean? That means that he wants to bless you. If you're robbing him from blessing you, it's because he wants to do it. Well, many times we allow our feelings and we allow our attitudes to get in the way of what God wants to do. What else do we allow to get in the way of God moving in our lives? How about unbelief? How many of us have allowed unbelief to get in the way of what God seeks to do? In Mark chapter 9, we read of a father who brought his demon-possessed son to Jesus for healing. The Bible says that he first came across Jesus' disciples, and the disciples were unable to heal the young boy. So the father came to Jesus And we pick up here in Mark 9.22. This is the Father speaking to Jesus. 
Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. What did Jesus say? He said, anything is possible if a person what? If a person what? Believes. Do you believe that? Do you believe that anything is possible if you believe in Jesus? What does that mean for you and I this morning? Well, it means simply this, that unbelief will stop you from receiving. If he says anything is possible if a person believes, then that means that the opposite is unbelief will stop you from receiving. If belief in God gets you to receive, then unbelief keeps that blessing away. Do you understand that? We know in life if you are unable to or if you believe that you are unable to achieve something, more than likely, most likely, probably, for sure, you are not going to achieve it. If you believe that you cannot do it, you won't do it. Because it all starts with believing that you can. Right? For you that have went to school to, to, to get higher education past high school, you had to believe that you can get that degree, didn't you? Didn't you? It didn't happen accidentally. You had to, you had to envision it. You had to say, I can do this. And you got it done. When you were looking for a spouse, I can do this. And you got it done, right? <laughs> God gave you the perfect mate. Amen? All right. There should have been more amens than that. But it's all right. We're works in progress. You believed it and you did it. We do this in life. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. This is where many of our battles begin, is in our thinking, is in our heart, where we already sell ourselves short. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now this, doesn't, this verse does not pertain to you being anything you want to be. You know, if you're, if you're a man and you want to be a woman, you are not a woman, you're still a man. Why? Because God made you perfect. God made you perfect just the way you are. That's not what this verse means. What this verse means is that 
For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you already are defeated in your mind, then guess what? You're going to face defeat going in your life. If you think you can't, then guess what? You aren't going to. But if you understand that God made you perfect and that God made you victorious and that God made you an overcomer, why? Because the blood of Jesus, because you are his creation, his perfect creation. The Bible says marvelous are his works. You can look in the mirror and say you are marvelous. <laughs> You're allowed to do that. I don't believe that is pride. Because you're just, you're just acknowledging God's creation and how beautiful it is. Some of you need to do that more often. I'm just saying. You might be, you might be living in defeat this morning. You need, a, you need, a, you need a, a, an uplifting, amen? Look in the mirror and say, you are marvelously made. Oh, beautiful is God's work. Woo! <laughs> I don't do that every morning, just letting you know. I don't do that, I promise. But I understand that I am God's creation. And I understand that he does not make mistakes. See, the thing about unbelief in God is this. Your unbelief that he is, your, follow this one, your unbelief that he is able does not change the fact that he is able. I hope you got that. Your unbelief that he is able does not change the fact that God is able. See, and this is what God wants us to understand this morning, is that when we get in the way, it doesn't mean that God's move stops. God can use anyone else, but God wants to use you. When we allow these things to get in the way, we rob God from moving in our lives and showing us his power at work through us. That's what we rob ourselves from. But God's move is still going to move. His work is still going to get done regardless of whether you and I believe or not. But God says, I want you to see my power at work in your life. So because of that, I don't want you to get in the way. Don't get in the way. So we can see how our attitude can get in the way, our feelings, our unbelief, also our disobedience. James 4.17 says this, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. That, my friends, is textbook disobedience. <laughs> James 4.17. If you want to know what disobedience is and what sin is, it's right there. Knowing what you ought to do, but then, eh, I'm not doing it. That's disobedience. Parents of children... Is that correct or not? <laughs> when you give your kids a direct order and they say, uh, yeah, no. That's disobedience. And that requires some attention. 
Yes, you're raising kids to become adults one day, and that needs to be addressed. Instead of getting in God's way, he wants us to walk in his ways. Hmm. Don't get in God's way, walk in his ways. Don't fight God. Become a friend of God. I guarantee you that's the better side that you want to be on. You don't want to be an enemy of God. You don't. Look at, the, look, look at Satan. <laughs> that should tell you right now what happens to enemies of God. You don't want to be an enemy. You want to be a friend. You want to walk in his ways. Maybe this morning you find yourself struggling with the temptations of sin. The temptation to sin. Listen to what Paul writes in Romans 6, verse 5. Romans 6, 5 says this. He says, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, the Bible says. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. Thank you, Jesus. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. What does that mean, church? That means that sin no longer has power over your life. Do you receive that this morning? It doesn't have power over your life. All those things that you say you can't stop doing, you can stop. You just don't want to. God has given you the power to stop. God has given you the power, amen, to, to, to walk away from those things. The chains have been broken through Christ Jesus. That when you accept Christ into your heart, amen, his blood covers you. It washes you. You are no longer unclean. You are clean in the name of Jesus. You are no longer a slave to sin, but that power has, has no power over you any longer. You've been set free. And the Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. If you've been set free... By, the, by Jesus Christ, then you are free indeed. You are most certainly free. There's no question about it. As our worship team goes forward this morning, what is God calling you and I to do? Well, he's calling us to do many things. He's calling us to change our attitudes. He's calling us to believe in him. He's calling us to Obey. He's calling you to obey. 
But God is calling us also to trust him. You and I need to trust God. Why? Because God's wisdom and understanding far exceed our own. Look at what Paul says in Romans eleven thirty three. He says, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. He says, how impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. God's ways are not our ways. You don't want to do things your way. Instead, you need to get out the way and allow God to move in your life. Allow him once and for all. Allow his mighty power to be shown and seen in your life. Paul says, we, we can, it's impossible for us to understand God's ways. It's impossible. We have human brains. It's impossible. We have different ways of thinking. We deal with things differently. We react to things differently. Our love, our patience, it runs out after a while, but God's doesn't. You can't exhaust God's love. But you and I need to trust him. Look at what Paul writes here in Philippians 1, verse 6. Philippians 1, 6, Paul says these words. He says, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You need to thank God for that. You need to thank God for that. Paul says, what God has started, he's going to finish. You need to tell yourself that. You need to tell your circumstances that. You need to tell the enemy that. Enemy, you're a liar. What God has begun in my life, he's going to finish. He's going to finish it. And you're not going to get in the way of that. And I'm not going to get in the way of that. We sang a song earlier in our worship out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, verse 27. It said these words, more or less. It says, the Lord of armies has planned it. Who can stop it? <laughs> the Lord has planned it, so who can stop it? Remember that song? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? If he has planned it, then no one can stop it. No one says he is ready to use his power. Man, 
He is ready to use his power. He says, who can turn it back? This is what God is ready to do in your life. He's ready to use his power in your life. And now all you need to do is get out the way. Get out the way. Let God move in your life. Stop letting your attitude get in the way of what God wants to do. Stop letting your unbelief get in the way of what God seeks to do of his mighty power at work in your life. Stop letting disobedience get in the way of God moving in your life. You and I need to get out the way of the way. Get out the way of the way. I'm gonna let Jesus Christ is the way. Amen, he is the way. He is the only way to salvation. He is the only way to the Father. He is the only way that you and I will live forever with God the Father. He's the only way. He always has been the only way and he forever will be the only way. That's the beautiful thing is that God never changes. We live in a world where everything changes. Everything changes. You're probably upset right now because of gas prices. They keep changing. Let me tell you something, God never changes. You'll never see God change, amen? You can always count on him. If he was there for you yesterday, he's gonna be there for you today. If he, if he helped your marriage last year, then guess what? He's gonna move your marriage to an even greater place this year. And coming into 2024, you can expect God to do greater things in your life. But you and I need a what? There you go, you preached your own sermon. Let's bow our heads this morning.